0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to In the Midst podcast with Brooklyn. This is a place for you to come into the midst of God right in the midst of your day. Well, it's no surprise, we live in a society that loves big things. Making it or arriving in our lifetime is often associated with all things big. Big following, big title, big news story, big salary, big position, big house, big car, big contract. And as a result, these are the things we often secretly, and sometimes not so secretly, set our compasses to. We chase after things like big Instagram followings. We seek to become the next overnight success story. We idolize things like explosive growth and significance, and we long to be known by the masses. Do you feel this way? The reality is, if you're human, and especially if you're living in America, you probably have some sort of longing within you for notoriety or bigness, even if you've shoved that longing so deep down you hardly notice it's there. And so what is it for you? What secret or not-so-secret longing do you have for big Do you find yourself desperate to be known or followed or somewhere at the top of some ladder? Do you covet other people's fame or fortune? Do you reach for social media to find meaning or significance? Does your position or title or paycheck at work drive you or drastically affect your overall well-being? What longings for big do you hold within your heart? Let's spend some time now becoming aware of these longings within us, and let's do so without shame. Don't listen to any lie that tells you you're bad for these longings. The goal of this time is simply to become aware of the honest longings within us, and then to talk honestly about them with God. So let's do that now. Tell God what longings for big do you hold within your heart. follow God, the more and more I'm convinced that God esteems the small just as much as the big. You know, we tend to mainly celebrate only the big accomplishments, and the truth is, for the most part, I think God celebrates those things too. But I also think he celebrates the small things just as much. Like the time taken to have a conversation with a stranger without anyone seeing or having anything newsworthy come out of it. Or the hours we spend praying for someone over the years, consistently and compassionately, maybe without that person even knowing we've been praying for them. Or doing the gut-wrenching internal work with a therapist or a counselor so that you can quietly choose forgiveness as your heart posture instead of bitterness or setting aside your own wants and preferences to spend intentional time looking into the eyes of your child and giving them undivided attention. These quiet, behind closed doors make no headlines, deliver no announcement post, hardly seen or acknowledged by anyone. These are the things God elevates, promotes, applauds, and esteems just as much as the big things. What about you? Do you have a hierarchy within you of what is worthy to be celebrated? Does it have to do with what the culture deems as significant? Do you acknowledge mainly the big things in your life, while the small things go unnoticed or uncelebrated or undervalued? Spend some time processing that out with God now. chapter 6, the 12 disciples gather together to choose seven men to manage food distribution among the people. You see, the disciples were getting bogged down by the needs within the community. It was preventing them from teaching the word of God, from teaching the gospel. And so they got together and they selected seven men to oversee this task, this food distribution task. I like to think of these seven men sort of like the lunch ladies. Remember your lunch lady from school back in the day? Well, these seven men were like that. They handled the passing out of food and they managed the specific food needs of widows and others that were in need in their community. And when you think of it, their task of food distribution probably felt pretty small, especially if you compared it alongside the task of teaching God's word to the masses. Well, then, in Acts 7, a believer named Stephen is stoned. Maybe you know this story. He's stoned to death for being a follower of Jesus and for preaching the gospel. And after his death, a great persecution breaks out against the church in Jerusalem. The persecution was so great that it actually caused all of the believers in Jerusalem to be scattered all throughout Judea and Samaria. But as God would have it, and as He always has it, the scattering was used for good, Every place that believers were scattered to became a new place the gospel was shared. In Acts 8, we read about one of the places one particular believer was scattered to. And that believer was actually one of those lunch ladies, the lunchmen from chapter 6. Philip, one of the seven men selected to oversee food distribution, was scattered to a place called Samaria. The only difference was this time when he got to Samaria, he wasn't doing food distribution. Instead, he was now evangelizing and proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ to the people. Lunchman turned preacher. But he wasn't just any preacher. We actually read in scripture here in Acts that crowds gathered around Philip. They paid close attention to every word that he shared. And not only that, but he was performing miraculous signs through the power of the Holy Spirit. Demons were being cast out, people were being healed, and a great rejoicing took place in the city of Samaria. In simple terms, this was a straight-up revival happening in Samaria, and it was led by none other than the lunchman, Philip. Philip's life and ministry had become big. His following was big. His ministry was big. His notoriety was big and seemingly overnight. And then something odd happens. Something counterintuitive, something we might even go so far as to say is wrong. In Acts 8 verse 26, in the middle of this revival happening in Samaria, we read, But an angel of the Lord said to Philip, get up and go south to the road that runs from Jerusalem down to Gaza. This is a desert road. So he, Philip, got up and went. Okay, so picture this with me close your eyes if you need to, there's this bustling scene taking place in Samaria and Philip is at the center of it. Lives are being saved. Wounds are being healed. Evil is being eradicated. There's celebration. There's rejoicing and fellowship. There's transformation and renewal. And then an angel shows up, an angel of the Lord, and he tells Philip to leave all of that and go down this desert road. It seems strange, doesn't it? Almost wrong. If you're like me, you might question, but what about all of this good work being done? All of these hundreds and thousands of people coming to know Jesus. Why would the angel of the Lord lead Philip, the guy who is at the center of this, why would he lead Philip away from all of that? Well, the story gets even stranger. As we read on in Acts chapter 8, we see that Philip obeys the angel of the Lord. He leaves this revival happening in Samaria, and he travels along this desert road. And while he's traveling along, he comes upon an Ethiopian man of authority, sitting in a chariot, reading scripture by the roadside. Philip approaches the man and he asks, Hey, do you understand the scripture that you're reading? And the Ethiopian man tells him that he can't understand it unless someone guides him through it. And then he invites Philip to come sit with him and explain the scriptures. Philip ends up telling the Ethiopian man all about Jesus. And then the Ethiopian man acknowledges Jesus as the son of God and Philip baptizes him. Incredible, right? Anytime someone joins the family of God, it's a sacred and special and praiseworthy thing. But if we zoom out here for a second, we may feel attention within us. I know I did. Because on the one hand, yes, a man came to know and believe in Jesus through Philip, which is incredible. But on the other hand, there were also hundreds and thousands of people back in Samaria finding Christ through Philip, which feels maybe a little more incredible. And it begs the question, why would God call Philip away from this big explosive ministry in Samaria to this one man on a desert road? Well, this is where the rubber meets the road with that countercultural truth about God that we talked about earlier. Do you remember? God esteems the small just as much as the big. Not almost as much or like a little less than, No, God esteems the small just as much as the big. In God's eyes, big and small truly are equal. Bigger is not always better. Smaller is not always inferior. God esteems the small just as much as the big. And we see this exact truth play out in the life and ministry of Philip. God's favor, promotion, and guidance were not always and only toward the masses or the revival— God's leading was also to the small, to the one, to the seemingly insignificant, or the seemingly not as significant. One of the truths about God, which proves to be quite difficult to live out, is that oftentimes God leads us away from the big intentionally. There are a lot of times when God's plan A is not ministering to the masses, but rather ministering to the one. And you know, this can sound great in theory. This can be tweetable or postable, right? We can nod our heads and shout our amens as we talk about this truth that God esteems the small just as much as the big. But it tends to be a lot harder to live out. It's a lot harder to stand by this truth when God leads us to something small and seemingly insignificant instead of to that big thing we see him leading someone else to. And this is why I love this particular story of Philip so much, because in it we see Philip live this truth out, not just in theory, but he lives it out in both the small and the big. I love that when Philip was selected as one of the lunchmen, he didn't balk at the seemingly insignificant nature of the task when clearly he had a gift to preach. He obediently stepped into the small of it. And when he was scattered to Samaria, he didn't resign himself to the same small food distribution task that he had done before, but instead, he courageously stepped into the big task of preaching the gospel to the masses. And then again, when he found himself at the epicenter of revival, he wasn't overtaken with pride, but in an instant, when God called him elsewhere, he obediently went and he followed God's lead to minister to the one. What I see when I read this story is that Philip esteemed the small the same way God does, just as much as the big, and we are meant to do the same. Are there any small things God has called you to in this current season of your life? Maybe caretaking for a loved one, or raising tiny humans, or maybe a clock-in, clock-out job, or pouring into people on the front lines without being on the front lines yourself, or maybe a certain job that wouldn't be your first preference or choice. Maybe sitting in the quiet with God, or managing all of the needs of your household, or working through a childhood wound, or fighting for forgiveness. Are there any small things God has called you to? Do you see them as insignificant or less than the bigger things? How have you viewed these small things that God has called you to? Or maybe God has called you to something big in this season, and how are you viewing that? Do you place it as higher importance than other smaller things in your life? Are you allowing it to feed or grow pride or ego within you? Spend some time processing out the big and small things in your life and how you view them and how you respond to them. Since we live in a culture that very clearly esteems the big over the small, we will need the Holy Spirit's help to follow Philip's lead and esteem both the big and small the same. So I want you to spend some time now asking the Holy Spirit to help you crave, esteem, and welcome the small just as much as the big. Ask Him to give you eyes like Jesus to see both the big and small with the same significance and importance as He does. Ask the Holy Spirit to help protect you from being overtaken with pride in the big moments or missing out on the eternal significance of the small. Spend some time now asking the Holy Spirit for help. As I'm sure you're starting to gather, esteeming both the big and small equally will be a supernatural transaction that takes place from the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't do this on your own. As you come upon big and small opportunities in your life, my encouragement to all of us is this, let's lean together into the Holy Spirit and ask for his help to esteem the big and the small the same. If you find that you're more prone to missing the small moments or to ignoring them or not recognizing them as anything significant, make that one of your focuses over the next several weeks. Look for the small. Maybe create a folder on your phone or a list in your journal and just try to take note of all the small invitations God extends to you throughout the days. Sparking up conversation with a checkout attendant at the grocery store, taking out the trash, playing on the floor with your kid, doing something nice for a friend or a loved one, praying for others daily, getting help, voicing a need, putting someone else's need above yours. Look for the small, engage with the small, recognize the small as significant, and do whatever you need to do to esteem it as significant. Significant. And as you practice this, I think what you're going to find is that the scale between the big and small moments of your life start to become more equally balanced. But an angel of the Lord said to Philip, get up and go south to the road that runs from Jerusalem down to Gaza. This is a desert road. So he got up and went. Thanks for listening to In The Mid's podcast. If you'd like more information about me and the ministry I run, you can check me out online at brookplee.com or catch up with me on Instagram at username B-R-O-O-K-E-P-L-E-E. The music provided in each episode was created by Allie Allen, and you can check her out on Instagram as well at username A-L-Y dot A-L-L-E-N. And lastly, if this podcast spoke to you, send it to someone that you think might resonate with this, or leave a review or rate it. This all helps this podcast become more searchable for those who are in need of it. Thanks for tuning in today. I'll catch up with you on our next episode.